friend of mine on Facebook played a really cruel joke. Oh. That got me real riled up. Oh, no. And I was going to be like, oh, my God, we can talk about this on the Patreon episode. <gasps> it's going to be scandalous. Scandals. But it said it was they just posted a quote unquote news article that said Rick Astley dead at 54. <gasps> and I just about peed my pants and lost my mind at the same time. And then I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Let me Google this before I oh, click on it. No. And I found nothing about it. And I but was like, that's you, a trick. If you clicked on the link, was it a Rickroll? I don't know. Because I didn't click on the link. Oh, I would have clicked like, on the link. It, you click on it and then it says you have to like verify that you're a, of some age or something. I'm like, that doesn't seem legit. Nope. So I'm not clicking on it. Oh, I don't click on shit. When you're like, hey, click on this thing. I'm like, oh, no. Bye. Yeah, I was about to lose my fucking mind. Well, shit. But Rick Astley is fine. Guys. He's not dead. It's fine. Crisis averted. Welcome to Rock Candy, where we Rickroll you. We do Rickroll you. I mean, we should Rickroll you more. Yeah. This is, this is where because I should just cue in the Rickroll. We're never going to give you up. No. Never going to let you down. Actually, we probably have let you down several times already. It's fine. But we don't run around. Or desert you. Yeah. So two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> I believe Meatloaf would agree with that. Yes, he would. One out of one Meatloafs would agree. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, kids. Welcome. We are at part three, the finale of the Ramones. And I do have to say... That uh, all this research has been making me watch like all these old clips and music mm-hmm. videos and all these things. And man, I wish when men wore makeup and were like really happy to do it. <laughs> I mean, Billy Joe Armstrong's real happy to do it. Yeah, but like, but we don't care that might about be him. the only thing I respect about Billy Joe Armstrong. <laughs> like, good for you. Like, I'm like, man, I was watching some like random. I don't remember which band it was, but it was like one of the '70s bands. It, might have been MC5, mm-hmm. maybe. Don't quote me on that, because it was like a week or two ago, and like they all had like eyeliner and mascara on. And I'm like, you look so nice. You look very <laughs> attractive. I want to make out with you. Yeah, I appreciate a man who's like, I'll put on some fucking makeup. I look good. And who can pull it off? Oh my god, I love a man that'll paint his nails. Yeah, and be like, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna go to town on that wop. And then I'm going to paint my fucking nails and we can paint our nails together. There and that's not, like that, that is that a bonding me, evening. It's a bonding experience yeah. for everybody involved. And, you know, honestly, like that's like someone who is secure with who they are. They're like, yeah, I just like having pretty nails. Yeah. What? I mean, fucking My Chemical Romance doesn't even wear makeup anymore. Well, that makes me sad. Yeah. Well, that's because they thought what would they thought they looked like zombies, but they just looked like vampires or something. Their makeup's real bad. It's it wasn't good. Yeah, their their makeup was could, not good. They could pull it off. They could certainly pull it. Pull <laughs> they could it off. pull off bad makeup real good. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Gerard Way looked really good in in some eyeliner. He looked so. great in that bad eyeliner. It really wasn't that bad. It was that wet I mean, and wild shit? <laughs> <laughs> Got it from Walmart. <laughs> Maybe he graduated to hard candy. Ooh. Ooh, he may that shit have. doesn't even go on. At least like Wet and Wild goes on too much. <laughs> you can slap that shit on. Yeah, I would know. I wear it. <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll give you the liquid cat suit. The liquid cat suit lipstick is fantastic. Actually, no, I use NYX eye makeup now. So mm. you've graduated. I have graduated. You're in grad school now. Look at you. 
makeup grad school. Yep. There you go. <laughs> uh, yes, but tonight the boys that we are talking about do not wear makeup. I mean, but they sure do wear tight jeans. Yeah, they do. Wow, and half shirts. Well, Tommy's... He's out of here now. Yeah, but Tommy's still. out of here, and he hasn't worn those... Or nobody else wore his half shirts quite the but, way Tommy but did. But the mark he made on the band with yeah. his half shirts was... Wasn't musically. It was just with the half shirts. Yeah, it's indelible. Actually, it's really funny now to like look at pictures of Tommy Ramone with his half shirts, and then like Tommy Ramone as he got older... And it just doesn't even look like the same dude. Yeah, he was wearing like half shirts and had kind of wavy, like feathered hair. Yep. He was the weird one. Yeah. He well, was the weird one. No. In the Ramones. No, it was Joey. But they, the rest of them had like the same haircut, the same look, and everything. He was like, nah, I'm doing my crop tops and I'm making my feathered hair work. He probably just couldn't do anything else with his hair. Honestly. Did you see that hair? Like, that is hair that is not going to cooperate without hours of conditioning and maintenance. It is a quaff. It's a quaff. It's a legit quaff. It's a quaff. For sure. Yes. Indeed. So what are, you, what, are you, what are you going on tonight? Oh, you were you did start out with a, with a choice. Oh, with guys. a prime choice. Guys, let's we tell you a story. Story. <laughs> let's tell you a story. So, you know this angry orchard cider bullshit? Yeah. It's gross. Yeah, it's, it's not terrible. Great. It's not. It's not it, like, good. comes in a box <laughs> of box bottles. Beer. It's terrible. So, we found out that Angry Orchard is actually, like, their actual cider house and where they make the cider is not that far from where we live. So, we went. So, we went for my friend's birthday. <laughs> and we tried a bunch of ciders that they only have there. And they were good. And they're really good. They were good. And we're like, why the fuck don't you put this in a bottle and sell it everywhere? <laughs> Which I don't put know. Put this in your pipe and smoke it. Seriously, put this in your bottle and sell it. Because um, <laughs> it was really good. And then I brought a four pack home of what I thought we tried there. We did. We did try it there. And it was good. It was and then very good. We had it here. And it wasn't good. I'm telling you, there is I, some kind of magic that happens when you leave the Angry Orchard, like, orchard. Yeah. All of a sudden, the beer turns to ash. <laughs> like that Bible story. It's like they have this weird force field surrounding their orchard and their cidery. And it, everything inside of it is delightful and wonderful. But as soon as you bring anything from inside the bubble outside the bubble. It all just tastes like the shit you're going to get at the bodega around the corner. <laughs> it is. It is. It's so bad. It's no bueno. So, yeah, I don't know what happened between there and here, but something got fucked up. Something got fucked up. And um, I don't want to drink it anymore. Nope. <laughs> so it, I'm not gonna. Yep. And then you're just conning other people into so drinking now, it. So now, once again, I have Angry Orchard <laughs> in the bottom shelf of my door of my refrigerator that I cannot pawn off to anybody. I don't know. We but, could try. But it's in a it's in a can and it looks nice. Right. And I can like, you know, do some crazy floral story of how great it is and it tastes so different than the stuff in the bottle. You should try it and then trick them. Yep. I tricked you, bitch. Now you're stuck with that cider. <laughs> one down, one to go. There you Fuck go. You. There you go. Well, then we went to breweries where the beer was actually held, really good. Held up outside of <laughs> yes. the brewery. And uh, after that, we went to Arrowhead. Arrowwood. Arrowwood. At least I stopped calling it acorns. <laughs> In Accord, New York. 
so close. Am I right? Anyway, yeah. Arrowwood, uh, Bowie, and I got Starling. They were little birdie on they it. Were it's delight- farmer sale. Yeah. <laughs> it's what? It's a farmer sale. <laughs> farmer sale? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they were delightfully socially distanced. Oh, yeah. So they had a lot, a lot of, of kids, space. though. There were a lot of kids with also a lot of dogs. So it kind of right? balanced out. And ducks. And lots of ducks. Lots of ducks. They so, didn't yeah. want to be our friend, but that's no. fine. But, you know. So, yeah. I Four stars on this, this farmhouse ale. Yeah. I'm into it. It was good. I never realized I couldn't say farmhouse till now. <laughs> farmhouse. Farmhouse. <laughs> You're trying, and that's what counts. Let's just do the story. Okay. So I don't have to say the F word anymore. <laughs> don't know how to say it. I'm going to fuck it up. All right. Let's talk about these weirdo skinny boys. Yes. Let's do it. All good things must come to an end. And this episode will be it for our lovable scamps turned hot messes turned dudes who are just over it. <laughs> so far, we've seen the boys go through endless rejections, stressful tours with mishaps landing them in the hospital drug addictions, Hollywood, jackass band rivalries, physical abuse, and worst of all, Phil Spector. Ah, yeah. After all this, it's hard to imagine that anything could break these guys up. They've been through too much. What would be able to stop this force? Is it something stupid? Because I bet it's something stupid. It's not just one thing. Okay. It's never just multiple things that are stupid? Well, it turns out it's just themselves. As I will tell you the rest of this tale... Still filled with delightful vignettes, but you will probably come to the same decision I have. Ultimately, the Ramones were their own downfall. Yeah, it usually goes that way. You can only be together for so long hating each other before you're finally like, I'm really tired. (laughs) You can only take so much of Johnny Ramone just bossing everybody around like a fucking asshole. Honestly, yeah. 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 (laughs) Hint. (laughs) At this point... You've heard plenty about how much of a hard-ass Johnny was and how he was the disciplinarian the boys needed. Mm-hmm. You also heard about how as time went on, Joey decidedly wanted to have more of a voice in interviews, even though the others didn't view him as a spokesperson for the band. He's being a real James LaCheese from Dream Theater right oh, now. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's being a real James LaCheese. He's like, I how have dare things you have to a- say. How dare you have things to say, James <laughs> LaCheese. Oh, my God. Well, here we have two diametrically opposed forces. Joey and Johnny were as different as night and day. Johnny was a conservative, practical skeptic. Wait, like conservative, conservative? Oh, he voted Reagan. Oh, no. He voted Nixon. Johnny. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Johnny. Angry Johnny. (laughs) This is. (laughs) Why'd you vote for Nixon? (laughs) Wait, Nixon or Reagan? Both. Oh, no. Just wait. He was quick to shoot you down if he didn't agree with you, and he was just really hard to please. Joey, on the other hand, was a very liberal, lighthearted romantic. He wrote so many sweet songs for the Ramones, like I Want to Be Your Boyfriend, which is such a sweet, goofy, loving Ramones song. Joey. Actually, I was going to play a little clip because it's, Baby it's Joey. real cute and it might be my new. Joey. Baby Joey. <laughs> he voted Clinton in 92. <laughs> oh. Little girl, I want to be your boyfriend. 
so sweet. It is sweet. I mean, okay, I guess there's like some, like, I guess, I don't know, maybe it doesn't hold, I think it holds up. I think it's cute. Yeah, it's pretty adorable. It's a cute little time. Even though he's saying baby girl or whatever. <laughs> it's a little weird, but like it's still really fucking cute. Yeah. If you're imagining like a, a young Joey Ramone scene. Right. Like, yeah. like he was in his 20. It's fine. It's fine. This is fine. You might think you might look at Joey and think <laughs> this tall, skinny goon. He can't get the ladies. He was such a goon. Right. But actually he had his fair share of girlfriends. Good for him. His girlfriends. But none were as amazing as Linda Danielle, the love of his life. Linda has this flashy, fun, boisterous personality, which Joey really appreciated since he was so shy and quiet. They initially met at CBGB's after she caught one of the Ramones shows and coincidentally met back up with him in L.A. when they were filming Rock and Roll High School. Oh. Yeah. So even during that time, she was still like, no, but you're cool. Yeah, I she was there actually with another boyfriend. Oh. I don't know if she was living there or just visiting with him. I'm not sure, but she was definitely there with another boyfriend. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't long, though, that they ended up getting together. She was even going on tours with them, and they were a pretty happy couple. And Linda wasn't afraid to hold her ground either. One time, while getting into the van... Joey told her she had to sit in the back of the van because, you know, he controls every aspect of the band. Wait, Johnny said that? Yeah. Fuck Johnny. I mean, Johnny. Angry Johnny. (laughs) Well, she just turned, looked at him and smirked and said, not for long. Ho ho. Mm. Now this threw Johnny for a loop. He wasn't used to this cool, confident demeanor from anyone. He wasn't used to a lady talking back to Especially him. one of his bandmates' girlfriends, right? Like, he's like, no, what? A woman saying her what's on her mind? What? How dare she? Reagan said I wouldn't have to deal with this. <laughs> Reagan <laughs> promised me submissive females. <laughs> well, she immediately earned his respect. And then his friendship. As the Ramones continued to tour... Johnny and Linda became the best of friends. Is that all you had to do to Johnny was like verbally kick him in the balls and then he'll be like, respect. I guess so. I don't know. There are a couple ways in which the story I'm about to tell you is told. Mm. I am not sure which is the truth because they're all quite plausible. Maybe it's somewhere in the middle. Okay. So on one side, you hear that Linda fell for Johnny and they started having an affair behind Joey's back. Okay. They would go off alone together at times, and everybody would look at Joey and say, you know they're sleeping together, right? And Joey's like, nah, nah, they're not. It's Linda would never do that to me. I can kind of see that because Johnny seems like the kind of guy that, like, he finds a woman who will talk back to him and verbally <laughs> kick him in the balls, and he'll be like, yo, I want to fuck that bitch. Mm-hmm. And then he'll try to fuck that bitch. He, I mean, so, yes, I could see this. I can 100% see that, but also, come on, Linda. Yeah. Don't do that to Johnny, baby Johnny. <laughs> Not Johnny. Joey, baby Joey. I know. That's two, the J's, God damn right? it. It's, it fucks you up. On the other hand, it's said that Linda and Joey had been broken up for a couple months, and then she started dating Johnny. Well, and yet that's still not, though, no. But even still, they did keep it a secret for a while because they knew once Joey found out, he was going to be hella pissed. Well, yeah. Yeah. Whichever way it was, when it all came out, the results were not great. Joey felt betrayed by the both of them. He still wasn't over Linda, and it would take him a long time to move on, actually. Yeah. 
And for her to end up with Johnny, hard-ass, right-wing, iron-fisted Johnny, (laughs) angry Johnny. Well, there couldn't have been a worse insult. Yeah. Yeah. I do not blame Joey one bit. Uh, Can you imagine, like, the one person at work that you fucking hate getting, like, your ex and you're like, are you fucking serious? And, like, you have to see that person at every single employee function. Yep. Which happens, together. which happens to be 24-7 when you're on tour. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great. This is a totally healthy situation. Cool. I will say, they all kind of handled it maturely enough to the point where Linda basically didn't go on tour with them. Because they all kind of just agreed, like, that's not okay. Yeah. It was weird. This whole thing is weird. After that, the two Ramones basically never talked again unless absolutely necessary, which they tried to make as rare an occurrence as possible. As far as Linda and Joey go, many said that he really was never quite the same after this. And while it's true they didn't talk for years, eventually they did reconnect and ended up having an agreement that they would never badmouth each other. Oh. So So they ended on a good note. How long were they together? Three years. It's kind of a long time. Right? Especially like Joey was looking at engagement rings yeah. and all this stuff. So he was he she was the real deal for him. But actually, for what it's worth, Linda and Johnny were the real deal. They married a couple years later and they stayed that way happily until Johnny's death. That's so weird. I know. They were totally in love the whole time. But as far as Joey was concerned, Johnny committed the ultimate betrayal and destroyed the relationship and the band. Mm, Yeah, I can see that. And I am sure you're going to be so surprised to hear that a lot of people call Linda... Yoko Ono? Yoko Ramon. Thank you. I was like, QI roll. They blame her for their eventual breakup 14 years later. My God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Super Yoko, guys. I know, guys. Like, here's the thing. I don't even really love Yoko, right? Like, but she didn't break up the Beatles. Thank you. She, she did, did not, not break up the Beatles. Like, Yoko's just not my thing. Yeah. And I think she's made some questionable choices. And granted, she is not the greatest person that ever existed. No. And she has definitely said and done some pretty shitty things. Right. But she did not break up the Beatles. Not at all. If anything, John fucking Lennon broke up the Beatles. Yeah. It had nothing to do with Yogo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And again, like, the Ramones broke themselves up. Yeah. Trust me. At the end of the day, the band did stay together despite this rift, because the involved parties all understood that the band came first. The Ramones were more important than any love triangle, and that's Mm -hmm. why they kind of made all these agreements of, like, okay, Linda's not going to go on tour. Okay, we're just going to do this. And Joey and Johnny are basically going to talk through other people. This is so weird for a punk band. So weird. I still would argue, like, the Ramones are punk, but sometimes they're not. But, like, they should be, like, getting shit-faced every night <laughs> and, like, beating each other up and, like, punching each other's teeth out and breaking limbs and trashing hotel rooms. and. Well, don't worry. They're getting inebriated. <laughs> don't you worry. <laughs> well, again, the Ramones turned life into art, and many believe that this experience was laid out for the world to hear on their next album with the song... The KKK took my baby away. They took her away and away from me. The title is pretty (laughs) self-explanatory. Is Johnny the KKK? That's what people think. That's hilarious. Joey sings about his girlfriend being kidnapped by the Ku Klux Klan and he's asking for help in finding her. 
course, many say this is a reference to Johnny taking Linda from Joey. But there's definitely a lot to dispute this. Mickey, for one, says the song was in the works years before any of that drama. Yeah, but I mean, it could have taken on a new meaning. Perhaps. Years ago, when Joey went in the psychiatric institute, he met a black woman who he started to have a relationship with after they left. Okay. But her parents were staunchly opposed to her dating a white man, so they forbade her from seeing him. Hmm. And Joey had this funny sense of humor, so he would decidedly call them the KKK. Uh. Because he was like, oh, KKK is keeping bit, you from me. A little bit in poor taste, but okay, I get it. I mean, it. I feel like late teens, early 20s, Johnny. Yeah, you think that's Or funny. Joey, excuse me. It checks. And I feel like this is more likely anyway, because I feel like the timelines don't sync. Joey and Linda broke up somewhere around late 81, early 82. The album was being produced during 81. It came out in 81. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's plausible that he would have put this song on that album Yeah. after the experience with Johnny and Linda. Because I don't even think, like, Johnny and Linda even, like, were really, like, a known couple until 82. Oh. So I, I just don't think it would have worked out. But enough of this love crap. Let's go back to the music. The album I keep referencing to is Pleasant Dreams. And I'd say the process of creating it was anything but that. <laughs> Maybe it was meant to be ironic. Probably. Dee Dee's drug problem was getting worse, and Marky had also developed a pretty hefty drinking problem. Oh, good. Fighting was constant, and it was hard to really get on the same page. And when you're fighting with an alcoholic and a drug addict, Woo! and two other guys that just fucking, fucking hate, hate each, each other, other, yeah. I don't know how any of this is working. On top of all of that, Sire Records was getting fed up with the Ramones not having a hit. So, a lot of changes were happening around them. Managers Danny Fields and Linda Stein were out, and the band had no longer a say in who was going to produce them. Oh, that's So, they nice. were just bringing in producers and you saying, mean, this guy's going to do this. You mean they weren't impressed with Phil Spector? <sighs> Phil Spector was their idea. Shit. I mean, kind of. The label was still convinced that the problem was their sound, so they needed to continue to tweak it. In some ways, that was just fine with Joey, who wanted to experiment with more pop sounds. But Johnny did not like going commercial and was really afraid of losing their fans by selling out. Which is fair. Fair enough, yeah. And yeah, the result doesn't sound classic Ramones, but I will argue this. It does sound like they're maturing as musicians. Joey's voice is getting a lot stronger, and Johnny's guitar playing has become much more intricate. But again, it was all for naught because there was no commercial success. I mean, it did reach 58 on the Billboard chart, but apparently that's, that's still not success. That's not good enough for Sire Records. Apparently not. And now the critics were losing their interest, especially feeling like the Ramones were trying too hard to expand their fan base and selling out. Yeah. So it's like they do all this fucking work and then they end up suffering from the thing that Johnny was afraid they were going to suffer from anyway. Right. Whatever. I mean, here we are. Can't please everybody. Or anybody. Yeah. And things didn't improve with their next album, Subterranean Jungle. The creation of this was even harder than the last because now Joey had a problem with cocaine and alcohol as a way to deal with the recent events with Linda and Johnny. Of course. So now we have three drug problems <laughs> and one hard ass. <laughs> 
<laughs> One pain in Who the might ass. have like loosened up if he had a drug problem? You would think, but right? I guess not. He didn't do any of that stuff. Because he was just way too... But, like, what was the point then? Why would why did you have these problems if it didn't even help you? I don't know. Here we are. Marky was a goddamn mess at mm-hmm. this point. He was late all the time, sloppy from hangovers, or just straight drunk. And then he broke the cardinal rule. Uh-oh. He missed a show. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Marky, what are you doing? Oh, Marky. Baby Marky. <laughs> this is you be late to a show. <laughs> they had a gig in Cleveland one night, and instead of heading to their next show in Virginia with like the rest of the band, mm-hmm. he said, nah, I'm gonna stay a night. I got a friend here. I'm gonna hang out with them. Gets shwasted. Schwizity shwasted. <laughs> he misses his flight the next morning because of what else? His terrible hangover. Well, I'm getting vibes of like Lemmy when he was in uh, that one like show band. Remember when he was in the show band and (laughs) he was like trying to go into Canada or something, but he had pot on him. Yes. And they detained him and they were all just like, well, too bad. (laughs) Yes. He's like, wait, what? You're just leaving me here. And then he finally gets to the venue. He missed a show. He finally gets to the venue and they're like, yeah, um, you're not in the band anymore. Yes. Oh, poor Lemmy. I know. Well, (laughs) you can't. I I feel like Marky holds a little more responsibility in this than Lemmy does. Yeah. So he goes to the airport because he's like, all right, I'm going to get a later flight and I will still make it just in time for the show. Because he was like, all right, I'm up early enough. I can catch like an early afternoon flight. I'll be there. It's fine. Mm -hmm. He gets to the airport, and he happens to run into Baseball Hall of Famer Roger Maris. And Marky claims he's not even a big baseball fan, but, like, thought it was going to be fun to hang out with him. (laughs) Especially because I guess Roger Maris was dying of cancer at the time. Oh, okay. So he hung out with him. They drank at the airport bar, and he ended up- Did he miss his flight again? Yep. Oh, Yeah. None of these are valid excuses. Especially because you know Johnny was pissed he was hanging out with Roger Maris because Johnny loves baseball. (laughs) I mean, at least he got to stick it to Johnny. Johnny. Angry Johnny. He's so angry. This is me hanging out with baseball legend, whatever his name, Roger Maris, and you're not. Johnny's like, I'm a little angry about that. That's not really fair. Did you at least cool. get me an autograph? It's not cool. Did you at least tell him about me? Did you tell him I'm a big fan? You know I love Roger Maris. <laughs> so yeah, he completely misses the show, causing the Ramones to not go on that night. And so he ends up paying hefty bills for this one out of his uh-huh. own pocket, which were made heftier by the fact the fans rioted when the Ramones didn't <laughs> go on. They trashed the place and like all of this damage was done. Where were the they? Ramones, s- they're in Virginia. Virginia, okay. Yeah. For, don't fuck with Virginia, don't fuck man. with Virginia. So Mark had to pay all of those fines <laughs> out of his own pocket. They're like, we're I not mean, paying for this. fair enough. Honestly, fair enough. Because he could have made it. And then he still had to pay that 25 bucks to Johnny. Yeah, but he... uh had to go get drunk with Roger Maris in an airport. He's like, you know what? Worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag worth it. 
The band knew Marky was done, even while creating Subterranean Jungle. They brought in the drummer from the Heartbreakers, Billy Rogers, to play on the album, but ultimately they would end up with Richard Reinhardt on drums, a.k.a. Richie Ramone. Oh, okay. Because of this fun little game of switcheroo, they ended up with their cover of The Time Has Come Today being the only song to feature three drummers. With Marky getting the credit for the song, but Billy actually playing on the song, <laughs> and Richie was in the music video for the song. Oh, okay. Yeah. And in a display of savagery, <laughs> the cover art for Subterranean Jungle was quite fortuitous. Oh. I sent you this, remember? Maybe. So they did a photo shoot at the subway station at 57th oh. and 6th <laughs> because the B train was known to stop there for about 20 minutes. This is great. Oh, my God. <laughs> When taking photos, Johnny brought the photographer aside and told him Marky's getting kicked out of the band, but he didn't know it yet. So upon Johnny's request, Marky was placed in a spot away from the rest of the band. (laughs) And the results are a little ridiculous, but also sad. Also savage. So fucking savage. (laughs) Like... Look it up if you're if you are capable of looking something up on your computer and your phone right now. You need to look up the cover for Subterranean Jungle. You have a picture of a subway car from the outside, and you can see Joey, Johnny, and Dee Dee in the door open doorway of the yes. subway car. And over to the left, you see a window with Marky peeking out. It's like not even him peeking out. It's like somebody took a separate portrait of <laughs> yes. him and pasted it over the window. Yes. He's not even looking in the same direction. I feel like he's, he's looking at the band like, are you guys kicking me out though? He doesn't even have the same color scheme as he the doesn't. rest of the band. It's so weird. It literally looks like a poster of him pasted over the window of the subway train. Yeah, it's really savage. <laughs> not too long after that, Joey called Marky up and said, I feel bad for doing this, but you can't no, you be don't. in the band anymore. Joey. Joey would feel bad. Would he? Or Joey would feel bad. Joey yes. would feel bad. Joey. <laughs> sweet little Joey. He would feel bad for kicking Marky out. Marky didn't really blame them, though. He knew he was royally messing up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're just in an addiction so bad that you can't stop it. Yeah. Even though you know it's ruining everything. Overall, Johnny got way more of a say at this time around the creation process. They started to go back to their more punk roots that inspired them in the first place. Joey felt a little cheated as he wanted to have more creative freedom with his lyrics, but since he and the others were just such a fucking mess, it was easy for Johnny to take control again. Mm -hmm. Critics were mixed on the results, but Subterranean Jungle peaked at 83 in the charts, and this would be the last time their albums would crack the Billboard Top 100. Oh. Spoilers? Oh, I guess Sire isn't going to be very happy about that. Because, you know, they have all these other artists that are cracking the top 10. I don't know. They could. I, I they might know. actually. I don't. I didn't. You know what? I'm not going to lie. Did not do my due diligence on Sire Records. I, I stopped caring. I don't really care. Stop caring. <laughs> Richie ended up being a great fit for the Ramones, though. In fact, he was the only drummer that not only was credited as a sole writer on some of the songs, including Somebody Put Something in My Drink. (laughs) They were very woke. (sighs) But also he sang lead on a few songs, like You Can't See Anything Nice, which was probably a song about Johnny. (laughs) 
Sounds like it. Right? That's a Johnny song. That's a Johnny song. He had a talent that expanded outside of just drums. He was multi-layered for sure, and Joey and Dee Dee really appreciated it. Of course, Johnny wasn't as impressed, and they would butt heads on musical style frequently. Because he's stealing his thunder. Hey, you you don't know things. And Richie would just get annoyed at having to be like dadded by Johnny all the time. Oh, it was nice when you had a drummer that was like full on alcoholic and didn't give a a dad. And needed a dad. But now that you have an independent player here, not so happy about it. No, not really. Luckily, when it came to their next album, they were given the chance to bring back the dream team. Talking about Tommy and Ed on production. Oh. And with this, they went back to what they know and created an album that felt much more like the Ramones we've come to love, called Too Tough to Die. The album name is actually a bit of a play on an incident that happened to Johnny that was actually pretty terrifying. Do tell. Before dating Linda, he had this girlfriend, Roxy. Okay. He breaks up. Of course her name was Roxy. Right? Of course. So he breaks up with her. Okay. A few months later, he ran into his ex one night while she was with some guy named Seth Macklin from a punk band called Sub-Zero Construction. Seth Macklin sounds not like a punk name at all. He sounds like he should be a lawyer. Seth Macklin, attorney at law. (laughs) Seth Macklin, attorney at law. (laughs) Not nearly as good as Harvey Birdman. (laughs) But he sounds like he should be wearing a sweater vest. And like a a tie underneath it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yes. And just like plays James Taylor covers. Okay. So apparently Johnny runs into Roxy with Seth. Words were exchanged. Johnny said something along the lines of telling Roxy, like, what are you doing? Don't date this trash. Don't date this sweater vest lawyer. What are you doing, Roxy? Except I feel like he was like a Sid Vicious wannabe. Like, from the way it sounds, it sounds like he was some Sid Vicious wannabe. But now I'm picturing, what's his last name? Macklin? I'm picturing Seth Macklin, attorney at law, trying to be Sid Sid Vicious. Vicious. Oh, it's, it's embarrassing. And he's just wearing a leather jacket over his sweater vest. He's like, hey, no, I'm real tough. And it's like, okay, Seth, yes, you're real tough. Okay, but you're still wearing loafers with no socks. (laughs) The fucking worst. Get out of here, Seth. Get the fuck out of here, Seth. I hate you. Anyway, so words are exchanged. Johnny's basically like, what the fuck are you doing with this trash? And after that, all he really remembers is waking up in the hospital. He blacked out? Damn. Apparently, he was blindsided by Seth in the head. Like, we make fun about Seth being, like, this, like, I, he, he wasn't a bitch-ass lawyer. He was, like, a crazy man. Um, Maybe but, we shouldn't have made fun of him. Well, I mean, Oops. now I don't want him to come after us. Oops. I don't want to get blindsided. But he was beaten in the head so badly, he had a fractured skull and had to get brain surgery. Oh, my God. Yeah. Seth Macklin, MMA fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Undercover. Holy fuck. <laughs> Are you just picturing him in a sweater vest and loafers with no socks and a leather jacket as an and, MMA fighter? And the MMA like shorts that they all wear yeah. and like crazy cross and Virgin Mary tattoos yes. everywhere and just his last name in a terrible font. Oh, yeah. It's like jailhouse tattoos. Oh, God. It's all like religious <laughs> and your fucking last name in oh, UFC fighters. Hilarious. Come for me. Seth Macklin. Respect. I mean, don't kill him. Don't kill him, no. But also, like, I thought you were a bitch ass. 
You weren't. The loafers had me fooled. The loafers had me fooled. <laughs> Turns out the loafers just give a nice, steady, like, solid smack to the temple. Yeah. Whew. They got some hard soles on them, so. Yeah. You need to be able to slide on that yacht. So and crack skulls on the crack, yacht. <laughs> slide around on that yacht and crack skulls. Oh my god, Seth Macklin. The fuck. And guess what? I don't see a yacht. Guess so what? Guess it's cracking skulls. Cracking skulls. Oh yeah, but that's why the album was called "Too Tough to Die." Okay, because Johnny was too tough of to die. Seth Macklin yep. and his boat shoes. I feel like there is some point that he might have died of a heroin overdose. Oh, or he went to jail. I don't know. He he did either way. He did not fare well. He did not fare well after that. Yeah. Okay. So the Ramones were done with commercial performance, but the album barely tapped into the Billboard Top 200. Critics praised the album for not only being a return to form as they went back to their short and sweet, fast jams, but they brought with them improved talents to make it even better. For the next couple years, they kept on keeping on. They released one song in 85 called Bonzo Goes to Bitburg, which was about Ronald Reagan's infamous visit to Germany the May of 85. He went to the Bitburg Cemetery, which included the bodies of some Nazi Party's SS organization members. Did he call them losers? No. <laughs> and whatever. He said some of them are very good people. No, oh, did he? Mm. Good. Good. There he claimed soldiers were just as much victims as the prisoners from the concentration camps. Excuse me? Yeah. <clears throat> what? Yeah. He said they were just soldiers. They weren't trying to, like, kill the Jews. They were just doing what they were told, and they're oh, just as much victims God. as the people that were gassed and tortured. As the hundreds of thousands of a cultural... <sighs> Human beings. I'm, yep. I'm going to channel Carl Winslow right now. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Mm-hmm. What the heck is bothering me? Racists. Racists. Yeah. Yeah. Nazis. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and uh, Nazi sympathizers yeah. that don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. What? How can you say something like Reagan's that? Because Reagan was a fucking moron. <laughs> like, Fight me, Reagan. And you know what? He was a fucking moron. And this is why you don't have actors as the president of the United States of America. Oh my God. Weird. Weird. Crazy. Weird. What? Don't think about it. We're not thinking about that. Ashley. Angry Ashley. She is. (laughs) Pissed that I have to live in this country when Trump is the fucking president and he can't do anything right. And people say shit like this and I'm, no. Nope. Three, two, one. (laughs) One, two, three. There you go. Breathe in, breathe out. Okay. Joey and Dee Dee were particularly outraged by this, so they wrote the song. Good. Yes. Well, uh, Jewish. (laughs) Or Joey is Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Not happy with that. So they wrote the song as a spoof on one of the movies Reagan was in called Bedtime for Bonzo. Bonzo is a chimpanzee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not only was Reagan yeah. a movie star, he was, but he was in dumb movies. He was in movies with chimps. It's yeah. basically like having Tyler Perry be president. <laughs> and like, I'm not even trying to diss on Tyler Perry. I'm just saying like, you he just makes stupid comedy movies. 
It's not like, although didn't he make like a non-stupid comedy? Non-stupid He's made a couple movie? non-stupid Yeah, you know what? I, that was an actually... insult to Tyler Perry. I will think it would be like having Adam Sandler as president. Oh, you know what? I'd rather have Adam Sandler as president. Yeah, same. Anyway, that was a tirade. <laughs> so, yeah, I always kind of wondered like what Johnny thought of that song because he loved Reagan, but I could right. not find anything. So I don't know if he just would keep his mouth shut and just like, I'm just going to play guitar. I'm not going to think about it. If he kept his mouth shut and let it be on the album. Right. Good for Johnny. I guess so. Uh, Ultimately, the song was called My Brain is Hanging Upside Down. Bonzo goes to Bitburg. (laughs) And a fun little (laughs) tidbit. Tidbit. I went 100% to tidbit. No, it's tidbit. Yep. Uh, The one to come in and produce the song was Jean Bouvier, a former member of the Plasmatics. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So they got to like dabble with the plasmatics a little. That's fun. As the 80s were chugging along, the band was working well together, less and less. There was a lot of infighting as they drifted apart on their differences. Again, like I feel like you can only be together hating each other for so long until right. you're like, and I'm done. Yeah. One of the differences was, was with Richie with the rest of the band. Oh. See, he was upset. That he wasn't getting to see any merch money, especially from the t-shirts. As someone who had been contributing to the band five for five years to that point, he especially felt like he was due a little bit more. I, but the rest I of the band didn't so. see it that way. Why? So I tried my best, and if I am incorrect in my assessment here, please feel free to call me out, listener. Nicely. Please nicely. <laughs> uh... I tried to see, I think the only people that were ever on the shirt were official shirts were Johnny, Joey, Dee Dee, Tommy. Maybe Johnny, Joey, Dee Dee, Marky. But okay. I don't think they ever made t-shirts with the other people who would come in. Okay. I don't think Richie was ever on a shirt. Actually, later, if we bookmark this, I will say he does end up on a shirt with the other remaining members. Okay. But, um, and I think it's a satire shirt. <laughs> But I mean, I think that they never put him on a shirt and therefore didn't feel like he needed to be, get any royalties from it. Okay, but Again, I could be wrong with that. I don't think you should be getting royalties based on who's on the shirt. You should be getting royalties based on who's in the band when you sell that shirt. I agree. I, I don't that's know. Kinda, that kind of logic is stupid. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It also to me. didn't help that Richie and Johnny did not get along as far as like yeah. like their musical styles and like the wants for the band were completely different and Johnny was very much a what I say goes guy right and Richie was fucking over it and I think yeah I don't know I just yeah I don't 100% know I know very little like I feel like I've skimmed the surface as far as the t-shirt drama went so we're like was Tommy still getting royalties from their merch you know, Sales? I don't, that's the thing is I don't know. I did a little extra research, but it's really hard to find out what was going on with their t-shirt stuff. I don't know if they just kept that under the rug or what. So weird. It is very weird. Definitely. And with that though, he left. Being in the Ramones was enough of a stressor, but to not get them sweet royalties was just insulting. Guys, drummers are hard to come by. Keep them if you got them. Yeah. Well, cause, so they replaced him with Clem Burke who you may remember as the drummer from Blondie. Mm-hmm. 
And it, did, did he turn into Clem Ramon? Because oh, that would have been great. Oh, no. Hmm. Just wait. Oh, no. At this point, Blondie had spil- split up, and mm-hmm. he figured he'd come in to work with his friends from the CBGB days. He's like, this will be great. We yeah. were all buds. And he quickly picked out his name, Elvis Ramon. <sighs> what? Yeah. No. I don't know. Why would you do that? Ugh, yeah. this, this has wrong written all over it. <laughs> oh, it did. It did. Because, like, this did not last. Dude yeah. could not keep up with their fast-paced songs. Because Blondie... Really? Hold up. Blondie, <laughs> the Ramones. Come on. Like... <laughs> compared to, like, rock, rock, rock and roll high school. Like, you're not... No, I'm sorry. You're not going to be... If you don't Honey. have the chops, you're not going to have the chops. And after two performances, they had to let him go. Oh, I guess Elvis didn't last very long, Elvis huh? did not last very long. Elvis left the band. <laughs> but fate must have been shining on the Ramones, boys. Because like you say, a drummer ain't easy. Right. Because who should walk back into their lives but their old pal Marky, sober and good to go. Oh, He's good. He went to rehab, he got his shit together, and he's like, hey, can I come back? And they're like, please, and you're they were not like, drinking anymore? Great. And they were like, yo, we got all these t-shirt royalties here for you. <laughs> oh, we were holding on. There's an envelope full of your fucking royalties. It's a bank envelope. They just came from just, the ATM. Just, <laughs> just full of royalties for Marky. And he Meanwhile, just Rachie's like, in the window like, mm, fuck you. He walks around with that envelope and just like whips it out anytime he's got to go to Wendy's and get a burger. <laughs> he's like, let me get out this envelope full of $1 bills and change. And just <laughs> he has like the $20 and change. <laughs> he is that guy. <sighs> oh my God. So at the end of 1988, they got to work on their 11th studio album, Brain Drain. It's a real mixed bag of an album, but it has one shining highlight I being. Think- Pet Cemetery. Yep. yep there I knew you it. go. Pet Cemetery. God, I love that song. It's such a good song. Such that is like song. the highlight of anybody's Halloween playlist. It really is. Everybody fucking loves it. It's like, shut up. I need to listen to this song. I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery. I don't. Now, y'all may know the story if you listen to our first playlist episode of Halloween music. Uh huh. So I'm not going to rehash that whole fucking story for you. It's spoopy time anyway, so go listen to that yeah, episode Yeah, go again. listen to that. But just so you know, Stephen King is a big Ramones fan. He worked in conjunction with a radio station in Maine to get them to play a show at a local venue. Like, Aww. that's how big of a fan he is. He's like, I really want the Ramones to come here. And he basically like worked in tandem with the radio station to get it to happen. Well, we can put that on the list of things Stephen King has done good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think he's he's all right. I'm okay with Stephen King. He's 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 made some mistakes, but I'm gonna say that was part of the cocaine. He's made some mistakes, but yeah, yeah. The Ramones have a, an elaborate story about hanging out with him all night at his house and writing Pet Cemetery. God, right I there. hope it was better than Phil Spector's story. <laughs> oh, it is. It, it was just they hung out. No getting to know you gunplay. No, no getting to know no you. No shooting gunplay. him up. Nope, Stephen King. Because here's the thing: at the end of the day. Steve calls bullshit on the whole thing. They never hung out at his house. He's like, at best, we had dinner together at a local restaurant. Aww. But you know what? He told his publishers, you know what? Keep 
keep their version because it's way more interesting than the truth. But also, like, how flattering is that when, like, your favorite band is like, no, we totally hung out with this guy at his house when it never happened. Yep. And you're like, you know what? That's fine. Be like, I wish it did happen, but no, it didn't. But let's let's say it did. We'll keep it. We'll keep it. That'll be the canon. Yeah, let's do that. But this probably was the highest charting song for the Ramones in the U.S., hitting number four in the alternative charts. This was probably thanks to music videos getting a lot of airplay on MTV. Which is so weird because I feel like everyone here, if you don't know any Ramones songs, you at least know I Want to Be Sedated. Yeah. I feel like that had a resurgence when we were Mm teenagers-ish for some reason. Yeah. I know the radio station that I listened to... uh, 92.7, 96.9 WRRV in Poughkeepsie. Shout out. Um, (laughs) They used to play it all the fucking time. Yeah. That's how I knew who the Ramones were. Ramones. Ramones. Oh my God. That's how they say it in Poughkeepsie. Ramones. I I believe that actually. (laughs) Even as the boys gained more notoriety, they couldn't stop riffs from splitting the band apart in a way that would change things forever. I thought you were going to say they couldn't stop riffs. <laughs> they, they, I mean, they, they couldn't they, stop that either. Yeah, no, they, Jesus Christ. <laughs> As the infighting worsened and the stress of the road and finances continued to dog them, Dee Dee was finding that he wanted to express himself outside of the Ramones. And that's when he started to experiment with hip-hop. Save your laughter. He began to come to the studio with his hair spiked up and thick gold chains around his neck. No! Oh, yes. Oh, my God, Dee Dee. He was writing raps under the name Dee Dee King. His first foray was titled Funky Man. <laughs> and it's just like, funk, funk, funky, funky, no. funk, funk. But wait. But wait. Dee Dee. The Ramones. Dee Dee. Dee Dee. Silly Dee Dee. You can't rap because you're not a rapper. (laughs) The Ramones, as well as family and friends, encouraged his newfound passion. Why would you encourage it? Despite the fact that he was terrible at it. And they really just needed to be his get a grip friends at that point. Just because. Wait, I'm sorry. One person was. Oh, was it Johnny? You, yeah, I was like, who do you think it was? Sometimes Johnny's good for things, but. Once in a while. <laughs> once in a while. Yeah, Johnny's right, though. It's like, okay, just because Aerosmith did a song with Run DMC. No. Doesn't mean you can do it, too. Apparently there was, so there was apparently one time and Dee Dee was like. I don't know if he's drunk or high or something and running around going, I'm a Negro. I'm a Negro. And like Johnny's like, shut the fuck up. No, you're not. You're not black. You're a white guy that can't rap. <laughs> and I'm like, but he Johnny's the not truth. wrong. He speaks the truth. Once in a blue moon. Yeah. Johnny's right. And he was done. Didi was done. That was that. He was over being a Ramon and decided to go for his ill-advised hip-hop career. To his credit. (laughs) You guys don't understand me. I'm leaving. I'm going to be a rapper. They're like, oh, we understand. It's not a great choice, but we understand. Okay, Dee Dee. I mean, to Dee Dee's credit, though, he would come back to the Ramones and help write some songs. 
But as far as he was concerned, he was now Dee Dee King. Surprisingly, out of everyone, Johnny seemed the most hurt by this departure. They were in it together from day one and made a pact to both stay in it until the both of them no longer wanted to do it. And what took him out of it was a horribly ill-advised rap career. Right? I mean, like, I'll give it to Johnny. That is a little insulting. Yeah, like, if if he's... You're going to leave the group for that? Come on. (laughs) For Dee Dee to leave, it just stung Johnny's stone-cold heart. Yeah. It's one of the few things to get through to it. And of course, Dee Dee made good use of his solo career. Oh, he became the hip hop artist he dreamed of. Did he? Okay, let's not go that far. He became a hip hop artist. <laughs> he released an album called Standing in the Spotlight to, uh, it's bad. It's just bad. Songs include Mashed Potato Time. What? What? It's time to Ooh. hip. It's time um. to hop. No, <laughs> no, it's not. No. Who helped him with this? Who encouraged this? Debbie Harry's on Mashed Potato Time. Debbie Harry. I know. But he also had a song called German Kid, where he tries to rap in German. Oh, no. I... no. Oh, get ready. Oh, no. Get ready to laugh. You're welcome. What <laughs> was that? <laughs> oh, it was Didi Ramon rapping. That is so bad. I know. Debbie Harry, what are you doing? I don't know. Oh, Everyone, my God. though, like all, everybody supported him and said, yeah, Johnny, or yeah, Didi, live your dream. They are a bunch of horrible enablers. Honestly, like the heroine's bad enough, but you let him put that album but you, out. But you did this. You did this. You were okay with this and you encouraged it. Oh my God, it's so ridiculous. I love it. I fucking love it. Actually, I'll shout out our sister podcast, Make It Stop, because they do an episode on this album. Yes. I promise you, you will be crying laughing. Look it up. It's so good. Oh my God, I fucking can't. I just, I need people to be responsible for this. I need to hold someone responsible. I need to hold somebody responsible for this. And clearly it cannot be Dee Dee because I don't think he was actually in his right mind when he did this. Probably not. I can't get over how bad it is. It's it's very bad. We'll listen to more later. Oh, I really need you to listen to Funky Man. Can we just record it? While we're listening to it, and we can release that as a Patreon oh episode. Oh my god! Because holy fuck, it's so it's so bad. bad, so bad. The loss of Dee Dee wasn't an easy one. He was a primary songwriter and a very recognizable face in the Ramones. Marky compared it to the Beatles losing Paul McCartney. Things really wouldn't be the same. 
But this wasn't going to stop the boys. They intended to keep on going. Like Paul McCartney didn't write a rap no, album. Paul McCartney put out good music. I think I think Paul, Paul McCartney, McCartney did out, wings, yeah. okay? And that's fine. Yes, and that's fine. That's fine. That's capital F fine. He didn't try to rap in German, <laughs> which he cannot speak. <sighs> so they found a replacement in Christopher Joseph Ward, who would then become CJ Ramon. And CJ was from Queens as well. And after school, he served in the Marines for a few years, basically getting him ready for life with Johnny. (laughs) True. That was his real training. He came into the audition as just a big Ramones fan and didn't even expect to get the gig. He figured it was just a really cool opportunity to jam with the band. But he played well and everyone enjoyed him. So he was asked to join and the rest was history. Kind of feel like that happens a lot, right? They're like, I just want to hang out with you guys. And like, now you're pretty cool. Like, do you want to be in our band? It's like. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> the Ramones would end up leaving Sire Records, thankfully. They left or they got the boot? I'm not 100%. I think they left because I think their contract was just up. They saw the writing on the wall and they were like, better fucking skedaddle. Well, they moved themselves to Radioactive Records, which seemed a better fit for them. Mm-hmm. It just seemed to get their brand a little bit better. They continued to release new music, but it did seem that the notoriety that they were looking for on their previous works was finally catching up to them. Oh. They were huge in South America. Fucking huge. Going gold consistently. And when they toured there, it required them to travel with security because they would be mobbed by thousands of people. so weird. If you watch the documentary, End of the Century, there's like... For a little while, they were actually recording, I think maybe Marky was, videotaping mm-hmm. like them on tour and stuff. And there's one where they're in Brazil, I think. And they were like, they had to try to drive through the streets in their van. And it just like was surrounded was by seas of people. They finally found their goon gods they've they been found- looking for. Brazil found the goon gods. Good for them. The boys got some work in cartoons, actually, as well. Doing a bit on The Simpsons, playing a birthday party for Mr. Burns, which is really fun. (laughs) And they also did a cover of the Spider-Man theme song, which is quite beloved. Uh, And it was on a compilation album called Saturday Morning Cartoons Greatest Hits. And I looked this up. It actually has a cover from like Liz Fair, the Butthole Surfers Collective Soul. It is like the weirdest 90s 90s collection. (laughs) And then the Ramones. And then the Ramones. It's so fucking weird, but also adorable. I may have owned this. I feel like it might have been one of the things that I got off the BMG Columbia house, like ten for a penny. It might have (laughs) been. Ten CDs for a penny. What could go wrong? (laughs) Nothing. And at this point, they were getting political. They did Rock the Vote ads for MTV, and you should try to look it up. It's really funny because there's this one, and Marky cannot say register to vote. He's like, register register to vote. He cannot say he's register or something like he cannot say register is really funny and joey was finding himself involved in a lot of activist groups whether it was for the rights of indigenous peoples feeding the homeless or just promoting liberal candidates he also wrote a song called censor shit attacking those saying (laughs) that rock and rap were too controversial like he went after tipper gore he's like hey fuck you yeah (laughs) look at dd's cd do you really want to censor that 
Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, the but for other yes. reasons. Not for the reason. Like, can we just keep it to just the curse words? Yeah. By the time the Ramones were hit in the mid-90s, Joey and Johnny had hit just a, the biggest wall ever as far as working together. And they had been together for 20 years, touring constantly, not seeing the mainstream recognition they desired. You know what? It's just kind of time to close the door, I think. Mm. So in 1995, they released their 14th and final studio album, Adios Amigos. Dee Dee contributed a few songs and even performed on Born to Die in Berlin, which also featured him singing in German. Why? He's really trying to make he, this a thing. He really wants everyone to think he He's can speak really trying German. to make Dee Dee speak in German happen. It's not a thing. It's not fetch. It's not, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. They announced this would be their last go-around with the Ramones disbanding in 1996. I honestly thought they broke up way before that. Nope. They were together till mid-90s. Did not know that. And they intended to tour a lot more than they did, but Joey said he didn't physically feel up to doing much international traveling. And this was just one last thing to cheese Johnny's grits. <laughs> he thought Joey was just being a prima donna. But actually... What no one knew was that in 95, Joey was diagnosed with lymphoma in his bone marrow. Fuck. Initially, bone they, cancer, right? Yeah. Well, Shit. lymphoma. In, in your bones. It's, it's every. He's fucked. <laughs> he, he basically, short answer is he's fucked. Yeah, the short answer is cancer. Yeah. Initially, he thought, and actually everyone, initially the doctors thought they caught it early enough, but he never seemed to recover with treatments. He decided didn't tell anyone in the band because he felt it was just better to keep it to himself and I mean like if it got back to Johnny really he didn't want Johnny knowing Johnny probably would have just kicked him out I don't know I don't know honestly I I, I don't know their final performance took place on August 6 1996 at the palace in Hollywood it was recorded onto a, an album called we're out of here <laughs> even Didi made an appearance which would make it the final time nearly all the Ramones original lineup would play again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy didn't play. And that's why I'm like nearly. Nearly. So Marky. The split was uneventful. Everyone just left after the show. Pretty sure Johnny didn't even say goodbye. Surprise, surprise. Classic Johnny. The others kept in touch, except for a few years where Marky and Joey weren't talking. It seemed they got into a fight over each other's drinking habits. <laughs> But they buried the hatchet in 99 on the Howard Stern Show. Of course it was on the Howard Stern Show. But Good yeah, for you, okay, Howard. Great. The last time anyone would see all of the Ramones together was in July 1999, when Tommy, Johnny, Dee Dee, Marky, and CJ appeared at the Virgin Megastore for an autograph signing when their anthology came out. First of all, where's Elvis? I know. <laughs> and Richie. <laughs> Second of all, what is a record store? <laughs> So Virgin, when we were kids, Virgin. <laughs> kid. when we were kids, you Virgin to... was a record store, not an airline. <laughs> it's still not an airline. It it's like one private jet that the guy that owns Virgin actually takes. I took a Virgin Airlines once. It was magical. Yeah, I mean, a while ago it was still an uh, airline, mm. but now not so What much. are airports? We're not allowed to travel. By 2000, Joey wasn't doing well at all. This illness that he was sure he would be seemed to take over his entire body. By the end of that December, despite a bit of an upturn in his health that holiday, Joey took a bad fall and ended up with a broken hip. 
How old was he? He was not very old, was he? Late 40s. Wow. At that point, his doctors knew this wasn't going to get better. It was the goon disease. Cancer. Goon disease. (laughs) I mean, he was always sickly, but then this cancer, it's like, your body can only fight for so long. Especially, you know, when you've been pretty much off and on sick your entire life. Exactly. His body knew nothing else. Right. Within a few months, Joey was in the hospital. Marky was in touch with him and knew it was getting to the end. He told the others as much and that they should reach out to him. Johnny said to let the window close. They weren't friends and he wasn't going to pretend otherwise. Really? Just because he was dying. Fuck you. And he would expect everyone to treat him the same. He did not want anyone who didn't really care to fake it for his sake. He felt but not like, everybody is you, Johnny. I know. And he, his thought is, I don't want somebody coming to me. I'm not going to go to them. We're not friends. It's fine. We're in a band. Whatever. On April 15th, 2001, Joey Ramone passed away one month before his 50th birthday. Damn. He was surrounded by friends and family, and they played for him the U2 song in a little while as he was passing away. I don't know if I would want a U2 song playing on No, but that's just me. I, I know. Me. Like, I'm not going to lie. I listened to it and I was like, really? And I'm this like, no, nope, you know what? Like, Whatever makes Joey happy at the end. Really? I'm glad this that one? Joey, they say he died with a smile on his face. You know what? That's fine. That's great. I'm happy for him. It's interesting to watch Johnny talk about Joey's death. He confessed to being pretty depressed about it once he heard. Well, he said, I was depressed for a whole week, which I feel like for Johnny is a lot. Yeah. Cause that I, Johnny saying I was depressed for a whole week is supposed to be very heartfelt. Yes. I think that was Johnny being like, I have emotions. That was like, him being genuine. Okay. At one point in the uh, documentary, End of the Century, he's asked why he thought he was so bothered by Joey's death. Instead of just it being like, I am a human with emotions. He struggled to understand why he would be upset and actually wondered if it was a weakness on his part. And when I watched this, I actually feel really bad for Johnny because he had something broken in him at a very young age to have that kind of reaction. Yeah, and this whole time he thought he was normal, but looking at him from an outside perspective, it's like, no, no. there was something very broken in you that yeah. you never even attempted to relate to or... Try and work out, and it just fucked you up for your entire life. Like, whatever defense mechanism you had to come up with to deal with your shitty father. It fucked you up. It fucked you up. And And prevented you from getting close to anybody. Right. And I think it's definitely something that you can attribute to toxic masculinity. Oh, yeah. Um, And just definitely these expectations that we put on men, like... You have to be tough. You have to be like the one in charge. You have to always be in control. And isn't it kind of ridiculous that like, I don't know about anybody else, but when I look at the Ramones, I do not think these are the most masculine specimens that I have ever seen in my life. I think that they're actually, especially Joey was pretty effeminate and not in a bad way. I'm saying that they were just in touch with that side of them and they were okay with it. But in reality, Johnny, who is the most toxic masculine person i have heard of in a very long time (laughs) was controlling all of them yeah isn't that ridiculous so wild and it's yeah like i hate johnny but i also kind of like johnny it's weird 
There's something about him that I'm just like, I feel like if you just had the right upbringing, you probably wouldn't have been a pretty cool dude. It's kind of like my dad. Ooh. If my dad. Speaking of dads. Speaking of speaking rad, rad dads. dads. Um, it, I feel like if my dad had not been like converted into this like, you know, super pro gun, ra- rather conservative. Yep. Um, almost Trump supporting, but not Trump liking kind of person. Huh. Then like if if there was just one thing in his upbringing that was slightly different, his entire trajectory of his adult life would have gone a different way. Yeah. And I feel like that about Johnny. Yeah. And I think that's why like I have a soft. It could spot have just been one thing. Like and even talking to them now, you can see it. And yep. you're like, I know that there is this thing in you glimmer. that is relatively liberal, at least to the point where you can accept people for their sexuality, for whoever they love, for their gender, for whatever, but you won't because you think that that's being weak. Right. That's Johnny. That's Johnny. Poor Johnny. I don't know. I Johnny. Poor Johnny. I don't. Have sympathy for you. A little bit. A a touch. A A touch. I think, like I said, I think he would have been a good person. It's more like, oh, I look at you and cock my head and go, no. There's potential. There's potential, but yeah. What happened? The real stab to the chest is that following year, the Ramones were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, Joey. It was the first year they were eligible to. It's like, here it is. Here's what you've wanted this whole fucking time. God damn it. When Tommy spoke, he not only said what an honor it was for the band, but how very much it would have meant to Joey. It would have been. But also, was he wearing a crop top? I wish. (laughs) Dee Dee took it as a chance to congratulate himself, thank himself, and give himself a pat on the back. I did really good at this German rap thing. He basically walks up and was like, I want to congratulate me and thank me and give myself a pat on the back. I love you, Dee Dee. And I was like, okay, Dee Dee. I might just cup my butt a little bit as I walk off stage. You will. Marky thanked Tommy for teaching him so much and having such a big influence on his playing style, which I thought was very sweet. And Johnny. Mm. Oh, Johnny. (laughs) Took this as a chance to not only thank the fans, but to say God bless President Bush and God bless America. And then he does that, and you're like, God damn it, I wanted to root for you. We, we were all rooting for you. This oh. is why I don't talk to my dad. <laughs> Get Tyra Banks on him real quick. Well, I have never talked to a Ramon like this. <laughs> oh, hold on to that laughter, because I need you to buckle up now. Oh, there's more. Oh, God, okay. Only a few weeks later, tragedy would strike again. When Dee Dee was found dead in his home on June 5th, 2002, by his second wife, Barbara. Oh. It's been mentioned he struggled with drugs his whole life. Uh-huh. And while he would go in and out of rehab, he just couldn't help but fall off the wagon. Right. The cause of death was a heroin overdose at age 50. Jesus Christ. Yeah. He was booked to perform a show that quickly turned into a memorial put on by other musicians. He is buried in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, and the bottom of his gravestone says, okay, I gotta go now. 
Which I feel like That's he would pretty appreciate good. it. And Joey wasn't the only one who received bad news in the 90s. Johnny was diagnosed with pr- with prostate cancer in 97. Oh, fuck. While the radiation treatment seemed to ease some of the pain, it didn't keep the cancer at bay. Yeah, like, prostate cancer is a fucking bitch. Yeah, because there's... once you get it, you can... You can find it early, mm-hmm. you know, first stage, super early, treat it. Doesn't matter. Like three months later, it'll be it's like, bad. nope, it's in your entire fucking body exactly. now. Exactly. I don't I don't even know how bodies work like that, but it's crazy. Yeah. He did hold on for quite some time and was very candid about the whole experience. He managed to write his autobiography and be interviewed for the end of the century documentary that I keep referencing. Mm-hmm. On September 15th, 2004... Johnny died at the age of 55. Wow. Tommy had spent the next decade in a bluegrass band called Uncle Monk, keeping music at the forefront of his life, but like a little more chill. He's yeah. like, I don't need to be in a big old band. I can just have fun. Whatever. Bluegrass this is, is great. fun. But he too succumbed to that asshole named Cancer. And on July 11th, 2014, he passed away from bile duct cancer bile duct cancer jesus christ i know and if that wasn't enough the previous june 2013 arturo vega considered the fifth ramon also died of cancer good lord yeah must be something in the queen's water right jesus therefore it is official all of the ramones have passed away yeah all the original ones yep all of the ramones have passed away (laughs) Mm. CJ and Marky are cool. I'll let them stay. Okay. Marky, CJ, Richie, and yes, even Elvis are still alive. <laughs> and they've actually shown up for a variety of awards and ceremonies organized to celebrate the legacy of the Ramones. Wait, so like mostly the drummers have survived? <laughs> well, there isn't much else for them to do as far as the Ramones go because you can't really do anything with a bass and three drums. <laughs> What are you going to do? But that's what I was saying earlier to bookmark is people make parody shirts to say Marky, CJ, Richie, and Elvis. Like reunion tour. It's like, oh no. It's it's just all percussion. It's all percussion and rhythm. (laughs) That's all it is. So good. It really is a shame that the original lineup is not alive now to see how their influence has truly stretched out into the many genres of music. From fast-paced tunes to high-energy stage presence, the Ramones are a part of modern music's anatomy. Songs would not sound the, the way that we know them as without knowing the Ramones. Grunge would not be grunge. if Grunge would if, not fucking exist. Yeah, absolutely not. Not and Pop wouldn't exist the way um, it exists. Punk wouldn't exist. Punk? Pop absolutely punk? not. You wouldn't have fucking Green Day. Um... For People better or worse. would not understand a three-chord progression. No. <laughs> if the no. Ramones didn't exist. Not at all. Yeah. And they even proved to show that, like, I, you can start off kind of sucking and learn how to be good. Yeah. Like, they're motivational in so many ways. After doing this story, I have such a newfound respect for the Ramones. I really fucking got into their discography. I'm like, this band is so good. And I'm kind of mad at myself for not getting into it more earlier. They're a DIY, but also business savvy. They knew how to make connections, how to ask for help when they needed it. And they busted their asses to get where they are. And despite the fact that they had a record company breathing down their neck, they didn't really compromise their own sound very much. A little bit, but a yeah. A little bit, they didn't like with Phil Spector weird shit. Yeah. But like, 
and, and, Look, when you have a gun to your head, what are you going to do? Tr- like, literally a gr- gun they to your head. They had a literal gun to their heads. Um, and, you know, you know, they're ill-advised side projects. Just looking at you, Dee Dee. I'm sorry, honey. What? What are you doing? Yeah. But for the most part, they stayed true to who they were. Exactly. You got to respect that. Right. This is a story about the importance of hard work and believing in yourself. Yep. Easy. But it's also a story about family. The Ramones were at each other's throats more often than not. And I'd say, yeah, no, they didn't get along all that much. Yeah. But they were makeshift brothers, a band that came together for a common cause to make music good and make it without compromise. Johnny even said, despite him not liking Joey all that much, if someone were to go after him, he'd rough him up because that was going after a Ramon and he oh, was protective of that. They all made themselves have the same last name. Yeah. Because they really were brothers and that's what you do. That's what you do to siblings. You can make fun of them all you want, but if somebody else makes fun of them, you're going to punch their lights out. Yup. Yeah, they hated each other, but they were all still blood in a way. I mean... Again, that's why I do kind of feel bad for Johnny. It's like he clearly has that instinct in him to be like family and protective of it. Mm -hmm. But then he also like had to tell himself like, no, I don't care about Joey. But you did. You did. And I think if tables were turned, Joey would have reached out to you. Right. And I think he knew that. Yeah. They all had the instinct, though, to protect each other because that meant protecting their music and their legacy, which to them was more important than anything. And after all that they've went through... I'd say they rightfully earned themselves a solid legacy. Yeah. This would probably be one of the very few times I would cover something that would be considered quote unquote classic rock and say, not give them their fucking due. Yeah. They fucking earned it. Yeah. They did nothing but work to get what they have. We'll just ignore Dee Dee's rap. I mean, like, you know what? It does make me laugh. It's a good time. It's entertaining as fuck. It is entertaining. And (laughs) heroin's a hell of a drug. It is. Um, Lots of ill-advised decisions have been made while on heroin. First of all, heroin. Yeah. (laughs) The heroin was the first ill-advised decision. (laughs) And that leads to others. So here, and here we are Mm -hmm. with German Kid by Dee Dee Ramone. Oh my god. <laughs> so bad. Just wait till I play you Mashed Potato Time. I'm I'm so excited for Mashed Potato Time. <laughs> you should be. You should be. <laughs> and there it is, kids. It's the story of the Ramones. That's it. That's it. Hope you guys liked it. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed it. I hope you guys learned a lot. I learned so much. And I've learned such a newfound respect for this band. Not that I didn't respect them before, but now I'm like, oh, shit. But this is why I respect them. Yes. Yeah. Well, also, too, though, I do love Pet Cemetery. <laughs> it's a really good it's song. It's so good. And Rockaway <laughs> Beach. Oh. Now that I know the story behind that, it's like, wow, this is pretty grim. Yeah. But, uh, okay. But I still like it. It's still good. It's still good times. Yeah. And yeah. Sheena was a punk rocker. Yeah. Honestly, like, there's so many songs that you knew. And now you know the story about the band, and I feel yeah. like it makes it better. Yeah. It makes it something more you can appreciate. And knowing how much they had to fucking struggle, when you're like, I thought they were always beloved. Turns out they weren't. They were not. Hmm. Not until 
92.7, WRRV started playing <laughs> I Want to Be Sedated every fucking two hours. But also they have better songs. They do. But like, like that was the most catchiest one. Yeah. And they did have a video for it too. And so. now you know the story behind the song. Yeah. Joey Ramone burned his face off. <laughs> it's fine. Great story. Ooh. <sighs> Let's not burn our faces off. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, kids, for listening. We appreciate you and love you. <laughs> if you are digging what we got, go visit our website, www.rockcandypodcast.com. And find more episodes. You can find our social medias and follow us there. If you got questions, comments, stories that you want to share, we would love to hear them. So go on over. Check it out. And check out our network, the Pantheon Podcast Network. Tons of fucking music podcasts over there. So supporting them supports us. Sure does. Also, you can support us by contributing to our Patreon. You if can, you feel like it. If you feel like it. We know quarantine timesies are spicies. Mm-hmm. So if you want to give us money, you can. And you get uh, exclusive content, mm-hmm. like a monthly uh, bonus episode, um, which we will be recording Next. now. <laughs> <laughs> and will be released this week. Um, and you will also get some sweet swag. Swag, swag, swag. And you can find that at patreon.com slash rock candy podcast. Speaking of swag, 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 swag. We yeah. have merch. Merch. Yeah, we got merch now. So you can head on over to teespring.com, search for some rock candy podcasts, and find some t-shirts and facial masks. Facial mask sounds. <laughs> inappropriate (laughs) of course (laughs) and some leggings and some hoodies and hopefully we'll have some more stuff up there soon yeah when we get our samples we'll model them off for you guys on our social medias yeah so i just brought it full circle full fucking circle yeah (laughs) but yeah check all our stuff out or if you hate us i mean i guess like bye it was nice to hang out for a little bit (laughs) thanks for listening but you know I get it. We all have better things to do. We do. It's fine. 2020 is a spicy year. We get it. If you don't like us, like, don't give us a shitty review. Yeah, just, like, like, walk away. Just walk away. That's fine. Like, we get it. We're not going to hold it against you. We're not everybody's cup of tea, but, I mean, if you've made it this far, then clearly you like something about us. So, like, don't. We're just really desperate for the Ramon story. so. But, like, don't give us a one-star review. That'd be cool. That'd be real cool. (laughs) Thanks, friend. Thanks, friend. Five star reviews are nothing. <laughs> or like, if you're going to give us a one star review, at least make it really funny. Or like, give us a better reason than just like, I didn't like them. You swear a lot. You swear too much. Oh, I'm, or like, give us a three star review and make it really in depth and interesting. Yeah. Give us pointers, maybe. I'm curious. Actually, no, don't give us pointers. That's just going to piss me off. <laughs> um, I will, though. Just like, don't give us a you one star review. Just, if you don't like us... It was very nice to hang out with you for yes, a little bit. Thank you for listening this far. Yeah. And don't give us a one-star review. There you go. There you go. But if you did like this, come back next week. Yeah. We'll have... It's starting Spooptober. Spooptober. So we'll have some fun stories for you there. It's going to be great. Yeah, it will. And until then, party on, Ashley. Party on, Maggie. Clink. Clink. And party on, you crazy kids out there. Johnny. Angry Johnny, this is me feeling bad that you were raised to be toxically masculine, but like I totally think there's a soft side inside you and I'm thinking of you. That's too long. 